0: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank, kicking off the hour with Mr. Thomas. been a few weeks since we chatted with him. Louisiana Asian Cajun Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard. Dr. Maggard, good morning. How are you? you. I'm sorry, I, I missed the first part. It was my fault. I hit the wrong button, so I ask you again. Good morning, Dr. Maggard. How are you? <laughs>
1: Good morning. How are you? I'm great.
0: I'm good. I'm off to a great start, obviously. Um, <laughs> speaking of start, uh, you know, it's the, it's it's 2021. I want to briefly look back at uh, 2020 with you in terms of the strategic plan that you guys made within sure. the UL Department of Athletics. You had uh, nine specific goals, and obviously when you began the 2019 athletic year, you weren't thinking about, oh, yeah, this will probably have to deal with, uh, you know, a pandemic and everything else that unfolded in the year of our Lord 2020. So with that, how would you grade the job you guys have done? Where are you guys at in terms of, I guess, measure of success? I mean, how how pleased are you with how the, uh, the strategic plan unfolded last year?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, very pleased, uh, very grateful to the Many, many people across campus and within our community, uh, who came together to help us put this strategic plan in place. As you mentioned, we have, we have nine goals and within those nine goals, there are 27 objectives that we are wanting to, uh, achieve, uh, over the next three years. Now we're down to two years, obviously. Uh, I believe we achieved 15 of the 27 in year one. Uh, and certainly to your point you know had we known there was going to be a pandemic we might have had a pandemic specific objective in there but uh, uh with that said I- i'm extremely pleased with the progress we've got a lot more to do and as i've been telling everybody i talk to you know, we've got lots to get done in 21 and uh so we're going to keep our heads down go full steam ahead and work on those objectives uh, which entail and encompass a huge uh, <clears throat> a project that we want to achieve and that's to raise uh monies to help uh, get cajun field renovated so lots to do but very pleased with the progress particularly given the obstacles that we all had to deal with this past year uh,
0: dr maggot our guest so you know folks can read uh, the strategic plan and and look at the original strategic plan and it's it's a it's a fairly lengthy layout uh, you guys are very descriptive for those that are listening that are like, I don't know what that is. I just I hear an A D talking about trying to accomplish things. Give give the listeners, I guess, a Cliff's Notes, uh, you know, the old, you know, Windows ninety five for dummies books people would buy when they were trying to learn computers. What what is what is a Cliffs Notes version of the strategic plan and, and in particular the one for twenty twenty one and you mentioned Cajun Field, but there's probably a number of things involved.
1: Right. Well, first of all, so for us, and, and I think any organization, a strategic plan is just simply a roadmap that you develop and want to follow to help you achieve your, your vision. Uh, and our vision is ultimately to become a nationally prominent Division One athletics program that that, uh, that operates within a culture of excellence. And so we have three key areas, um, one being uh, student welfare, the other being um and financial management, and the third being culture, right? So, under those three pillars, if you would, uh, we have a variety of goals and objectives uh, that, but certainly this strategic plan centers on the student athlete and coach experience and, and, and success both academically and athletically. It uh, centers around uh, becoming financially uh, stable and making sure that we are uh, increasing our revenue streams to continue to position of team to compete for championships. And then there's the culture component, which uh, really uh, impacts us both internally and externally. We want to make sure that not only are we maintaining a culture of excellence internally, but from the external side, making sure that we are engaging with growing our fan base and certainly uh, being transparent with them and everything that we do.
0: ESPN1420N.com, Dr. Brian Maggot, our guest. Um, ideally, what would... What would you love Cajun Field to look like?
1: Well, I think certainly, you know, we would love to have a whole new um, facade on the west side that consists of a west tower that would encompass premium seating to include a suite level, uh, club space, Lowe's boxes on the outside, uh, administrative offices within, um, a, a, a student-athlete dining facility, uh, some academic support space, Uh, And then, obviously, uh, we'd like to see a a brand-new, large scoreboard on the north end zone. Uh, And then, uh, you know, the the bells and whistles, you know, new sound system, new lighting, a a facelift, if you will, on the east side in terms of the existing structure that's over there uh, to get it more in line with the south end zone. And uh, I think if we do that, you know, we're going to truly enhance the experience uh, of – our patrons who come to Cajun Field, and to that point, you know we've got to grow that. We've got to grow our attendance. You know we need to be operating in the twenty-five to thirty thousand uh, person average um, this upcoming year. and we want to grow that to ultimately get to the point where we're selling Cajun Field out on Saturdays. All
0: right, Dr. Maggard, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty at Cajun Field, your uh, the Rage Cajun football team wrapped up a, a historic season, ranked fifteenth in the AP poll, sixteenth in the coaches poll. <laughs> And it seems like each time you and I talk, we bring up Billy Napier, the job he's done, and the interest that ensues as a result. Um, I was, I've was i had you on the show, I guess, while there was reported interest in the head coach. You had an opening in South Carolina, then in Auburn, then in Texas. What's that like for you as the AD when, you know, uh, how, how involved are you in the process? Obviously you have a, a plan in case he goes, but is it, are you nervous to look at the phone or is it just part of the job and it's just a, a, a business as usual? Like are those days like every other day in your job or do they feel a little different?
1: Well, I tell you, I'm starting to get used to it. How's that? <laughs> and they're starting to I am starting to they're starting to feel a little bit more normal. But uh listen, every time that occurs, um I I stop and force myself to to reflect on uh, how that is a sign of the job that both coach and we are all doing, right? Uh, you want people interested in your in your coaches. When that occurs, you know you're doing a good job. You know you're having success. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it's it's just part of the business. And, you know, what I would tell you is it's so much better than the alternative, right? Uh, and so, uh, yes, it's uh, it can get stressful at times, but uh, quite honestly, I think it's uh, – it's just a, a good aspect of, of the job in terms of measuring your success. So
0: I think in, it, it's natural for fans to focus on uh, a head coach in a sport, any sport at their school that's having success. And, you know, if a job opens up, they start to look or wonder or read things. You know, I guess I don't find that fans do the same thing with someone in, in your position. Um, have you ever been offered other jobs? Like, do you get interest from other schools, and, and does your agent take those phone calls?
1: Well, one, I don't have an agent. Uh, and, uh, that, you don't you need know, one, right? Just, You're uh, used to those kind that, of that, discussions. <laughs> that's right. To be real. Right. Um, you know, I would just say this, that uh, I think the, the successes that we're having and the things that we're achieving uh, here at the University of Louisiana you uh, notice at the national level. And, you know, with that said, um, you know, anything, any type of interest that I might receive uh, is truly a reflection of the collective effort of our campus leadership and our athletic department <clears throat> staff and coaches and student athletes. And so, um, you know, but I would say this, we're, we're getting recognized. Uh, and it's not just from a job interest standpoint. You know, to your point, we're, we're nationally ranked in all three polls. Um, in the sport of football, uh, or diamond sports are coming out of the shoot, uh, ranked preseason, Uh, men's basketball, I believe, is still in the mid-major top 25. We're just having good success all around, and people take notice. But, that's again, that's part of how you become a nationally prominent Division I athletics program, which is our vision right now. And so we're taking steps toward that. But uh, I would tell you people are noticing, and that's a good thing.
0: Yeah uh I, yeah I, they are i noticed you didn't say no but i'll just say this if you need an agent coach i mean you got my number i'll be happy to take yeah. any calls gotcha. um you know we'll do thank um, you very much so just go ahead and forward them to me i'll handle it <laughs> espn 1420 and.com dr brian maggard louisiana raging cajun director of our, athletics is uh is our guest all right uh you mentioned cajun basketball i know you know um the men coming off of a split um, the last couple of weekends, and they've got a series at the Cajun Nome this weekend against Arkansas State, and then the women. Gosh, I mean, back-to-back weekends of postponed basketball. Yeah. Uh, what, what's what's the communication process like between you and um, and the, the the Sun Belt when it comes to mm-hmm. rescheduling things? Because Gary Broadhead, you know, he I asked him. I said, was the conference supportive of the uh rescheduling of games right you're playing one not two and he did say the ads kind of all work together so how when he says that i guess what how involved are you is it just a call from the the commissioner is it you gary talking to keith how what's the process like
1: well going back to the start of the pandemic and ever since then back in march the athletics directors along with the commissioner uh, we jump on a zoom call twice a week on tuesdays and fridays and we just talk through anything and everything that's pertinent, you know, at the at the time. So obviously our focus continues to be on the winter sport of basketball, but we're also now, you know, talking more and more about the diamond sports and all the spring sports and protocols and testing requirements, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, so we're we're talking and meeting regularly on those topics. Uh, we do seek input, you know, from the coaches when it comes to something like rescheduling uh, games. We knew that basketball was going to be very clunky. We knew uh, that it's going to be challenging to get through the season, but uh, so far, so good. We're making it. We've had some missed games on the women's side. We're going to get those made up, uh, and certainly to your point, you know, the the ADs uh, and the conference office collectively sought input from our men's and women's coaches on that, uh, on, the, on the rescheduling piece, and we landed it for sure, making up one game, but if both coaches agree and want to play two, they can certainly do that. But you start to get into kind of the 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 health and well-being of the student athletes. Is the way our current schedule is. You could be looking at playing six games in nine days. Um, you know, if you were to try to make up both missed games, and so that can get a little bit challenging. So, I feel very good about where we're at, but uh, I think the initial question, Scott, is, yeah, we're very involved. Uh, we include head coaches. On major decisions, we want their input because, quite honestly, they've, they've got really the best insight of anybody, and then we all work together to come to, to the best conclusion.
0: From a, a basketball scheduling standpoint and what was put into place this year to do the best to avoid right COVID-19 and and that's why the games are played back-to-back and less travel and everything else, in terms of softball and baseball, how many, if any, precautions were taken in regards to the pandemic as far as the scheduling of games goes?
1: Well, so right now where we've landed is we're going to let the schedules uh, stay as is. And so we're not doing you know divisional scheduling uh, within uh, within both baseball and softball. We're going to play both in and out of division. Uh, our non-conference games are, are going to stay put as long as they can. Uh, I think, you know, the sentiment of certainly the SEC, the Big 12, and, and many other conferences is we want to play out of conference games. And so, at least as we sit here and speak today, you know, barring any major catastrophe, uh, we're going to stay put. Now, with that said, like football, like soccer, volleyball, basketball, you know, cancellations can and probably will occur. And that's where we're just going to need everybody's patience and flexibility. Um, but uh, as a, as we speak right now, Scott, uh, we are good to go, and uh, very excited about the those sports underway.
0: With that, um, I know you've already answered this question, but I'll, I'll ask again: What is the uh, attendance layout in uh, you know pandemic for baseball and for softball?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, one very very minimal. Right, uh, we still have the executive order that we have to abide by that says uh, venue capacity is set at 25%, with social distancing applied. So that really takes us down to about 17 to 18% in each venue. So I think uh, in uh, in softball, you know, it's a number that's probably somewhere between you know three to 500. Uh, Might be closer to the three, and and then uh, you've got in baseball, uh, just in the grandstands and and the bleachers, you know, we're probably looking at, you know, 700, somewhere in that ballpark, give or take, right, on either one. We're currently in the process of allocating softball tickets. Uh, And then here within a couple weeks, we'll start the process of allocating baseball tickets. And what we're doing for both sports, we're splitting up the season ticket package, so baseball as an example, uh, if it's a 30 game home schedule, we are cutting that in half, balancing the games based on quality of games. And there'll be a red season ticket package with 15 games, and there'll be a, a vermilion, uh, excuse me, a vermilion and a white season ticket package with 15 games. So what people will get is an opportunity to buy up to four tickets based on their investor rank. Uh, and. Uh, and we'll go from there in each sport. But uh, it's going to be extremely tight. We're also looking at ways to try to broadcast and produce as many of each softball and baseball home game as we can so people who don't get the opportunity to, to buy a season ticket uh, can watch some of the games at home. And so we're doing everything we can to to abide you know, by the executive orders. We understand the importance and passion uh, baseball and softball at the University of Louisiana, so we're going to do everything we can to to provide as much access as possible.
0: Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard, has been our guest. Uh, lastly, you know, I, I know that crowdfunding and support from boosters and fans are, in a lot of ways, the lifeblood of, a, of, of an athletic department, um, but but even more so in a year like we've you know we've experienced over the last. I don't know ten months mm-hmm. moving forward. Uh, whether it be the the RCAF QB Club, the new crowdfunding initiative, how can any listeners that want to get more involved in uh, in helping the department reach its twenty twenty one strategic plan goals? How can they how can they do that right. if they're not already?
1: Well, the best way to to engage with us is by joining the RCAF, and for as little as fifty dollars a year, right? Uh, you can become an RCAF annual fund member, and and those. That's critically important for us. We need to grow our membership and our RCF revenue streams. Uh, in addition to that, uh, another great way to engage and support us uh, is buying season tickets. Right, uh, the sports of football, men's, baseball, and softball uh, offer season ticket packages. And so, certainly, uh, if you want to support us, please buy season tickets. Uh, and then, uh, lastly, if if that's not something you can do. At least, you know, attend our games, you know, buy single-game tickets, get engaged with us. We have a number of golf uh, uh, tournaments throughout the year uh, that support various sport programs. You can, you can play in those. But the single easiest way, you know, to, to support us is by joining the RCAF. Again, for as little as 50, go to our website, ragingcages.com Go to the RCAF tab. It's extremely easy. It's, you know, the, the website's been modified to make it super simple. Uh, you know, just a handful of clicks. Type in some of your information, put in a credit card number, and for as little as four dollars and seventeen cents a month, you can support the the nationally ranked raging Cajuns athletics department.
0: Doctor Maggard, I I'm getting a call right now. As your agent, um, I won't I won't give away the area code on the air, but uh, but I'll go ahead and take that call yeah. and and, uh, and let you know how things are going on that end.
1: Yeah, negotiate a good one. <laughs>
0: Dr. Maggard has been, I think it might be T-Joe, so I'm just saying. Um,
1: <laughs> he's probably saying, get him off the air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and, he, and, and and you know,
0: DJ's known me since I was really young, so, um, you know, he's he, he's probably been in the way with me more than once, put it that way. Um, and for those that don't know, that would be President Savoy. Uh, Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest, Director of Athletics for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. Always appreciate you taking the time, Dr. Maggard. I know we'll be talking to you again soon. And... um you know, I, I'm just remembering one more thing I wanted to ask you, and it's not UL-related. You, you you, grew up, you were born in Kansas, correct? Correct. And you spent a lot of time at Missouri. So are you a Chiefs fan?
1: I am. You know, both Kerry and I enjoy uh, watching the Chiefs. They're a fun team to watch, <clears throat> obviously, now. But I would tell you, you know, to me, after living in Southern Louisiana for four years now, the the ultimate Super Bowl would have been the Chiefs and the Saints, right? Oh, yeah. We couldn't have lost that way, but uh, obviously that's not going to happen now. So, pulling for the Chiefs, um, but I have I have a good friend who's on the Buffalo Bills coaching staff, and so you know if they do well, I'd be happy for him. Um, but no, I'm uh, we're going to pull for the Chiefs now that the Saints are out, and uh, hopefully Mahomes comes back out of gets out of the. Concussion protocol. I
0: mean, Chad Hinney, fourth down. I mean, you're calling a pass play. Andy Reid, man, right?
1: Anything is possible. <laughs>
0: That's right. Dr. Mag, appreciate the time, <laughs> man. We'll talk <laughs> later.
1: Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
0: You got it.